Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So today, yes, once again, I uh, keep locking down these new guest co-hosts. And again, I'm going to get some shout outs here to Courtney Blair, as well as many other of these. Uh, we were just joking around before I hit record with the gentleman I'm bringing on today. But there's like these podcasting, um, we'll call them PR agencies. You want to get yourself out there. There's there's a lot of hustles out there nowadays that you can strap yourself onto and enjoy the ride. Uh, I'll, I'll let uh, our guest uh, discuss that a little bit more on today's show, maybe. But uh, hey, no, let's just dive in, guys. We talk a lot about health, business, and lifestyle. So today, we are probably going to lean a little bit more towards the business domain. Uh, the The struggle of entrepreneurship is real, uh, but I have a feeling this gentleman might have a few things to share on the on the uh, healthy lifestyle balance component as well. So let me give you a quick skinny on this guy. You know, he's best known for his humble beginnings and lengthy career as a custom car audio installer. Quick background: he used to study microelectronics at a Votech school installed some high-end amps and speakers in many of my friends' cars, and I'm a geek about heat shrinking your connections. I'll let him dive into that. Uh, anyway, so he is the epitome of a technician turned CEO. He is the co-founder of Top Class Installations, an industry-leading GPS tracking and dashboard camera installation provider. But we're not just bringing on a guy to geek about cars today. He and his team are, though, on the mission to complete 1 million installs by 2025, but he's also a recently published author that I want him to unveil for us today because it just happened two weeks ago. So tell you what, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he's coming to us from Long Long Island. Tomas Keenan, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. What's up, man? Grateful to be here, sir. Hey, I'm glad to have you. And uh, were you expecting me to drop the whole heat shrink wiring? No, but I love it. Boom. Man out to my own heart. <laughs> it ruined me the rest of my life. I yeah, mean, I, 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 once, once you start going down that rabbit hole, I mean, there's no dude, going back. Proper, the properly soldered uh, heat, heat, heat synced connections. By the way, you have to heat sync that stuff. Don't let too much heat transfer into the circuit boards. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the proper gauge, a heavier gauge of wiring, this carry, uh, carry the signal. And I still remember the first uh, guy who t- taught me that, listen, you don't run the sound cables on the same conduit as the power cables, separate yeah. them down each side of the car. Now, granted, this is in the 90s. I'm sure things have changed. I don't know. Am I still on Now point? it's still still the golden rule. Boom. All right. Still the golden rule. I guarantee you like half my half my audience is like, uh, Scott has never brought that up in three years. <laughs> it might have <laughs> snuck in maybe once, but not at this level. So That's awesome, man. Take pride. In your installations, ladies and yep. gentlemen, take pride in your audio. And if nothing else, it's your vehicle that you spend probably a third of your life in if you're here in the U.S. of A. So take pride in how it sounds and take pride in how it's wired so you don't have to worry about things short-circuiting in your uh, trunk, as it happened to a friend of mine, and catching your car on fire. So Funny you mentioned that. So <laughs> last uh, This past weekend, uh, I'm driving to my mom's house. I got the whole family in the car. I have an awesome wife and three kids. And we're driving on one of the local parkways, and I see this car pulled over on the side. It's a really nice black S-Class Mercedes, late model car. There's two dudes, they, they pop the trunk open, and there's smoke bellowing out of the back of the car. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? This guy's car is on fire. Please tell me it was hopefully just a, a blown capacitor. No. He was pulling out <laughs> his self-installed speaker box that was installed in like six other cars prior with the amp screwed to the back of it and the wiring everywhere. And there's just smoke billowing out of this car. Dude. I'm like, Ugh. it's crazy. Guy's got a six figure plus car and, and he's got, you know, some, some homebrew in the back. 
ladies and gentlemen, um, you, if you watch the video feed, you can see how I just reacted. So my expressive uh, exhaling and my body was moving around a lot and cringing because I don't care if you got a S class Mercedes or oh, what was one of my old cars, a 1995 Chevrolet Beretta GT. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm geeking out. Anyway, you're bringing it back. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. But let me tell you, my amps were uh, mounted on uh, raised bolt spacers, uh, floating on the back of the 60/40 split uh, back seat. So amps not on the speakers. Speakers, uh-huh. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get into the full custom molded uh, trunk. I wanted to be able to remove my speaker boxes. Uh, and I wasn't really even that high end into my music. It was just since I know how to do it and I was doing it for my buddies, I figured might as well, you know, pimp the ride a little bit myself. I don't know. <laughs> I get it, man. That's how I got started. Uh-huh. I'm turning it into a career. So, so, so did you pull over and cringe with them? or <laughs> No, I drove right past. <laughs> Well, you got, there's two it. guys. They're pulling the box out. They don't need help. They're fine. No, they were um, good. But damn it, at least seriously, good people. You buy a nice car like that, and you're moving your recycled stereo system over. Uh, I don't know. Your priorities are a little messed up. So, agreed. So, 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 when did you start your company? Uh, this September coming up. So, uh, September 2019 is officially marks a 10 year mark for top class installations. Wow. And this yeah. is still your core company, right? This is this like is you're all company. in on this bad boy. Yeah. Okay. No, no other side hustles besides becoming an author has jumped in yet. Um, I do have some other side hustles that okay. I'm currently working on, but it it's all within the same vein of that that author gig, yeah. uh, and it actually kind of parlays right into top class installations as well. Um, okay. In the middle of actually creating my first online training course to train installation technicians how to come over into the GPS tracking industry and make some really good money. Well, I can tell you, my biggest client's in the HVAC industry, and mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect it for you here because what well, you just kind of dropped there, pe- most people listening is like, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to geek out with Tomas and Scott today. Maybe you guys might want to tune out and change. I don't know, but I'm telling you, listen in because this isn't just about entrepreneurship. This is about the power of crossing over your skill sets. There's so many people complaining that they can't find jobs, they can't find work, or they haven't really developed that entrepreneurial mindset yet to start their own side hustle. But what you just dropped there about taking the skills you already have and just reallocating them or reappropriating them into another niche that's actually a sister or a brother to what you're already doing in the industry. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing in HVAC industry, except there's actually a negative to what's happening over there. Uh, the security system companies doing homes automatically assume that they can go ahead and install high-end thermostats. Well, meh. There's different training and certification there. So if you are a trained HVAC tech and you decide to become an electronics technician and then work for these security systems, fine. You understand the heating and cooling systems. You understand the wiring, et cetera. I can actually tell you I've gone on the job sites and seen blown up thermostats or thermostats that melted down on the side of the wall because some Yahoo came in there and cowboyed it and he didn't know what he was doing. I'm like, guys, like that wiring might be going to your new security system, but the other chunk of wiring that you decide to tap into and screw around with goes down to a very expensive HVAC system that <laughs> can cause a whole lot of problems. So, uh, but obviously that's that's not one of your niches of your company. You guys are all about the automotive and the and the, and the portability, right? Yeah, we don't we don't do anything in the uh, home or the commercial space as far as you know buildings are concerned. We're we're strictly automotive. I'm guessing uh, the liability's and, higher too, right? Um, not really. Oh. It's actually. Uh, we're, we're, we're very fortunate because in the automotive space, when it comes to low voltage, you don't need any certifications to really get by. 
uh, you could literally start up a business, get some insurance and crank away. Okay. Um, which is good and bad. You know, the regulate regulations really aren't there. However, you know, um, Joe Blow wants to start up a business and thinks he knows more than you do. And what's stopping him? Uh-huh. Nothing really. Okay. Um, luckily, there are some um, agencies out there, such as MECP, Mobile Electronic Certified Professionals. They offer some really kick-ass courses and, and books, and they offer some some really good training. There's there's classes you can take. There's different levels of certification, and they really go into the details and the nuts and bolts. You know, they 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 explain relays and and theory, uh, sound, electrical. Uh, so they get into the basics of electrical. You know, uh, Kirchhoff's voltage voltage law, um, Ohm's law, that kind of stuff. Oh, Ohm's and, law, man! You're yeah. taking me back. Granted, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never once used that stuff in the field as a GPS installer. However, you need that base. You need that solid foundation to get a better understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of guys that come into the space today, just um, they don't do that. No, I mean, know? I can, like I said, I, I, I wasn't planning on going to college. So mm-hmm. I, I said, well, I grew up on a farm and I was born in Jersey, but then obviously moved to Pennsylvania and then uh, grew up on the eastern side of Pennsylvania. And actually, it's funny that I moved out west and I moved back. So I'm back here in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but I grew up, I grew up maybe like 20 minutes from here. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that I just decided, well, most of my friends were going to go learn a trade. And college wasn't being pushed that heavily. My, no one in my family had a degree. So I was like, well, I'll go study. Well, everybody's doing like automotive or HVAC. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of a, a little bit geek. I'm intrigued by this audio stuff and the techie stuff. So I went for microelectronics training. And so you studied everything from DC, low voltage, as you hinted at earlier in the show, ladies and gentlemen. If you heard him say low voltage, that's what he meant. Your car battery or your lawnmower battery is low voltage, 12 volt, for example. Um, AC voltage would be what's in your standard home or your business inside of your walls. And then I got into uh, digital microprocessors and, and, all, and solid state technology. So like I used to literally hack around, screw around on circuit boards. We actually even learned how to build our own circuit boards. It was crazy. So this is all that I learned all this by, 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 and graduated high school at 17. So mm-hmm. I already knew all this. I had three years of training, certified, everything. It was like, and, and that's where I learned Ohm's Law. And mm-hmm. real quick for that, ladies and gentlemen, Ohm is not yoga. It is the OHM, okay? <laughs> I figured you'd have fun with that, Tomas. Come on. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Um, like, no, no, this is before yoga became a crazy phase here. It, it, this is this is regarding uh, resistance and, and uh, obviously all tied back to tech and geeking out about power and electronics. So, mm-hmm. but, but Ohm's Law is legit. And a lot of people don't even know what the hell you're talking about when you say it. <laughs> yep, so true. So, now funny you, you mentioned the... Um... The getting certified and, and learning all this stuff by your 17 because if you my story is so close to yours it's not even funny oh really i'll give you the the very early days so uh I'm i a love podcasting <laughs> yeah it's just cool i'm a senior in high school yeah and i was never a good student just me in school just never got along i didn't like that format for learning mm. and all right cool whatever it is let's just get this over with and then so i can move on and start working it's kind of how i felt about it i'm with you <laughs> So I go into my senior year and I'm in the second half of the year and I had to take an elective in order to graduate. Oh, interesting. So the elective, I had a couple of choices of like, you know, Susie homemaker classes or um, some tech classes. Oh, the like only shop class, class too. Yeah. Right. The yeah. only shop class that was available in the time slot that I had was technical drawing. Oh. So like, oh, that's cool and all. I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. 
So I'm like, this is not for me. So I approached the teacher. I said, hey, Mr. Gargiulo, I got this cool thing, cool to me that I'm really into. It's called Car Audio. And there's this MECP guide. And in the guide, they said, you know, if someone proctors a test like a school librarian, I can get a, I can become a certified installer. So would, would you be open to maybe making this my course instead of the technical drawing? Because I'm going to leave here at the end of the year and never touch technical drawing ever again. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you right now that I'm going into the car audio field. Huh. So the guy looks at me and he says, yeah, let me see what I can do. So a week or two go by. Uh, he comes to me and he's like, I got approval from, from my bosses to do this with you. And he literally set up lessons out of this guidebook. And that became part of my curriculum as a senior in high school was car audio. So you 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 had to cram all this stuff into a senior year, yeah, half of a senior year. Hey, because like I mean, at least me, mine was over three years, mm-hmm. and it was uh, so yeah. What is that? Sophomore, junior, senior year, and I actually only went to the actual high school, which was thirty minutes away from the tech school, for only half the day, and then you went Got and it. attended tech classes because like I was actually studying. I had to study trick. I had to take trigonometry, mathematics, and all kinds of other stuff like. Uh, but anyway, I was, this was like half of my school day. Yeah. But, um, and but it allowed me because I was like I I did so well. With it. I'm sure you can probably go with this that I finished it early. So mm-hmm. the, the good thing about that tech school is that they said, oh well, you're you're finished with the program. I was running. I was doing all kinds of extracurricular stuff. Like I was actually managing the tool room, making sure obviously all of our multimeters and stuff didn't like fall away and disappear, and uh, signing out tools and stuff like that. And then finally, my professor, he's like, Sky, he's like. You're bored. He's like, we have a um, like a job co-op program, and I'm inter- interested to see if your school had this. But they said, listen, you you've, you aced every semester, every year of this program. You have nothing left to learn here. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get you into co-op, and you can go work for a company and maybe become an electronics technician. So. Uh, so I got to do that halfway through my senior year. <laughs> so it was like, awesome. so I only went to school half a day, and then I went to went went worked a job. Right. And I got to learn professional levels of this stuff. It was so mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, that's really cool. Now, did you guys have that type of offering too? No, unfortunately, we didn't. So I wound up finishing out my school year, and my final exam for that class was my certification test. So when we had first started this process, we went up. And we saw the uh, librarian, Mrs. Thumbser. I'll never forget her. Wait, how'd you uh, say her name? Mrs. Thumbser. Thumbser, as in like the, yeah. your thumb? Okay. Yeah. She was on the fourth floor in the library and went over there, approached her and said, hey, look, would you be you know, open to, to proctoring this test in a couple of months at the end of the year? And she's like, yeah, no problem. She had to submit all this paperwork and, and do some things on her end. She did it. She held up her end of the bargain. Uh, I went up to the library at the end of the year. I took the test and I didn't have a, a great score or anything, but I, I passed the exam, I think, with 77. Okay. And here I was, 17 years old, senior in high school, and I'm a certified car audio installer. Which I, I didn't even know they had that. What, what year is that? 1997. Okay, so we're close. I graduated in 95. So uh, they, I didn't even know that was actually a, I didn't even know they had established it that well back then. Yep. Um, that must have been a newer certification or something. Yeah, it was It was a couple years old at that point. Okay, all right. Yeah, because yeah, immediately, like once I got out of high school, I wasn't geeking out as much about the audio stuff because I was distracted by the jobby jobs. So, yep. uh, but yeah, that's interesting, man. Oh, wow. So you had the DIY, what became your future company. Yep. You couldn't have asked for a better, like under, under, underlying story 
uh, oh. uh, for entrepreneurship. <laughs> I DIY'd for a little while. Um, so that was, I graduated in June. By mid-July, I had landed my first job at, at a car audio store locally. And I walked in there hoping to be a technician. And the guy's like, no, I need you in, in sales up front. I'm like, oh. But I was in the field of car audio. I said, all right, I'm in the right place. Let me hang out and absorb the knowledge. I support all the sales knowledge. Yeah. So at the time I was kind of all pissy about it, you know, thinking like, oh, I, I got to do this. This is not my thing. I'm not into it. And, you know, years later, I realized it was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me. So was it, uh, what was one best thing? The fact that you actually had a sweet paycheck from it? <laughs> no, I didn't. I really didn't have a sweet paycheck from it because, no. um, I was, I was 17 years old. They flat out took advantage of me. Oh. You know? And, but what I learned the interactions I had with people, both positive and negative, taught me a lot of what I need to to move forward. People skills. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, you you just dropped another huge bomb. I mean, the let's let's pause on that. What is the? And again, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if you're a health guru hearing this episode right now instead of the business guru, and you're trying to figure out entrepreneurship, or you're just trying to do a better way to work with within your job, your career. If you don't even have a side hustle type of stuff, but it's like, oh my god, the if you could pick one basic fundamental to succeed in life, it's well, one besides embracing change, it's learning how to talk to people and learn how to interact and communicate. And sales does that. Even if you, even if I mean, my first couple of sales jobs, they sucked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. They, they teach you a lot. You don't realize it right away until a few years later. And you're like, Oh, yeah. picked up a few things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Totally. So what was your wake up call? What was your kind of like boom? Aha. My wake up call. Uh, not everyone's nice. <laughs> that was probably the wake up call. Um, so true. Yeah. Just dealing with some unruly customers was, was a real big eye opener at first. And um, I quickly, I wanted to get out of that, that role as fast as possible. And the opportunity wound up showing, I went up, you know, moving into the back of the building, which is where the, the installers, you know, did their work and worked there for a little while. And I got to the point where I was like, all right, I've taught myself everything that I could possibly teach myself about car audio. And unfortunately, this is just the, the transparent truth. This place wasn't the top tier. I wasn't surrounded by the best people, the best skill set. And I realized this quickly. I know I'm, I'm about 19 at the time. I stayed there about two years. And um, there was a trade school up in Boston, Massachusetts that specialized in car audio on a yep. world-class level. Okay. So uh, I went to my mom. At this point in time, I, I've dropped out of community college too, by the way. So mom is not happy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I go to her and I said, hey, you know, there's this trade school in Boston. And, and I really think that this is going to help me learn and advance my career. And um, you know, I had peanuts to my name. I was making only a couple bucks a week kind of deal at the job. And uh, my mother somehow miraculously came up with like, it was like 10 or 13 grand out of her own pocket. And she put me through this, this, this school. I don't know what she did, who she borrowed the money from or what the case was. You know, I, I come from a middle, middle-class family, you know, nothing extravagant, fancy, none of that crap. And, um, she put me through the school, you know, and I, I'm grateful for that and what she did to this very moment, you know, because what she, what she did there was just kind of really set the trajectory for my, the rest of my career. And when, uh, when about was this? Early twenties? Uh, early twenties? This 20s? was the summer of nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Okay. I spent three months in Boston 
And again, you know, I, I didn't go away to college, but that was my away time. You know, I, I got to go up there. We partied. We hung out. We had a good time. Yeah. Learned a tremendous. Well, Boston's a good time. I mean, yeah, it's cool. Even place. though you're a New York guy, I mean, hey. <laughs> no, it's still cool. I got family there and everything, so I enjoy my trips to Boston. Okay. Yeah. So, so does does your mom? You still kind of show her props, you know? Oh, all the time. Day? Yeah, I figured. All right. Yeah, all the time. She's the best. Uh, mom's a good lady. Really like she yeah. is. I really, my mom never cared. So she's like, listen, whatever makes you happy. Like she didn't mm -hmm. come from college. My dad didn't come from college. So it's like, if you want to go to college, that's up to you. You're paying your own way. I I paid my own way through school, uh, yeah. but that didn't happen right away. Like I tried, mm -hmm. sucked up some debt. Then, you know, went back into the jobby job thing and I'm paying, I'm trying to work full time, go to school full time. That sucks. Um, but I did it. And then years later, I ended up finishing a degree. So, but just because I wanted to just finish that checkbox. Sure. But as an entrepreneur, it's like, <laughs> it didn't, the only thing, and I, I have no problem putting this out on the, on the, uh, the world wide web and on the, uh, on the internet and on the podcast world is that I respect institutions. I respect education for the right person and for the right future or career that you've chosen. Uh, so again, you've emphasized here, there's some technical knowledge here. So like if I'm a doctor, okay, clearly you need to go to school <laughs> and learn how to play around with somebody's heart. Cool. Yep. Get it. Uh, but as a, I'm a marketing consultant and branding consultant and it's like, I have a degree in marketing. Don't use any of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But again, I proved that I can follow a curriculum. I can follow coursework. Uh, college was easier in my adult years than it was in high school. I'll say that. Uh, you and I were joking around about it earlier. Like I sure. couldn't stand structured learning. It's like, wait a minute. You're basically teaching people how to blatantly memorize bullshit. Like, <laughs> like I, that's all you're, I mean, I, if I went back over time, I mean, that's everything I've looked at is like, you keep teaching us to memorize shit that is already past. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you for teaching me. And and I still suck at memorizing shit sometimes. So it's mm -hmm. like that must not have worked either. <laughs> what, what what is your vote on that? I feel the same way. It's like you know, there are certain roles, uh, certain jobs within the infrastructure of the economy yeah. that you need to be extremely educated for. Absolutely. You know, and the the other people who who don't necessarily need those that education for the work that they're going to do to me college is a waste of time it's a waste of money you know and uh i piss a lot of people off when i say that and i have in the past yeah. um but it's just the way i feel and i honestly think it's the truth you know my, my my wife i love her to death okay she's she's now a stay-home mom because we had we had uh our daughter and then two years later we were blessed with twins Oh man, are you, another, are you another twin story? Wow, oh. <laughs> went from you, one kid to three kids. So you, you know, go from like overnight. super parent to like super parent squared. It's like, yeah. oh okay, I thought I was a super parent, now I got to double up. <laughs> or in your case, triple up. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, um, congrats you know, by the way. Thank you. We've got three awesome, healthy kids, and we made the decision, the conscious decision, that my wife is no longer going to go to work because she's going to stay home and take care of our kids. I rather my wife and myself raise our children than. A daycare. Which costs you thousands of dollars. It would have cost us more money at daycare than my wife would have brought home from school. Yep. And that drives me crazy because my wife has a master's degree in school psychology. Yeah. But see, here's, here's why. Because I studied psychology when I went back to school too. And I was mm -hmm. dual majoring and I was going to graduate with a dual major in marketing and psychology and then go for a master's. And my, my, my guidance person or whatever, they're like, well, Scott, you've taken this long to do that. You, you want to keep going? And I'm like, not really. <laughs> and they're like, well, unless you're going PhD in psych, it's 
the job market, career market is really crazy like that. Like you got to be all yeah. in all the way to the PhD level. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's like, you guys, yeah. you guys have sucked me dry. I have enough money and I've got like, I, I still have, I'm still, I, I think I had about, about 40 grand left. I mean, in, in school debt that I just, you know, so I'm like, that's, that's the bottom of my barrel for me. I'm like, I don't care. I'll pay that off when I pay it off. I'm busy building companies. Yep. So, I feel the same way. And my wife is in the same boat. Yeah. We do the same exact thing. It's at the bottom of the barrel. It gets the minimum payment. I'd yeah. rather invest my money in something else. that's going to pay me back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it's, and again, people hearing this again, guys, we're not ripping on school as a whole. Again, if you want to stay like my, my wife, dude, uh, equestrian horse doctor, horse vet. Okay, went to mm-hmm. Cornell in New York. Uh, then that wasn't, she couldn't stay there, so she had to go get her doctorate. So that was just the undergrad. Then she mm-hmm. went to UPenn in Philly to get the doctorate. Then she decided to add on another doctorate and go for chiropractic care. I am a very smart, sexy woman. So it's like, uh, <laughs> holy crap, that's not cheap. Like, I can't complain about school debt. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's crazy. Those schools are like I- Ivy League level. I'm like, I went yeah. to Penn State University, like <laughs> state school. Like, we're, you know, we're big, but it doesn't cost that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but and even then, it's still expensive. So, I mean, listen, I, I tell people all the time, like guys, like that's not really the point of this show. But I think I, it's important for I think you and I to kind of shout out to the to power of, of technical training. There totally. are people that are very mechanically minded. Like I grew up. Like I originally wanted to go to school as an engineer. When I first started college, I was supposed to go for engineering. And uh, then I saw the course load. <laughs> I'm like, forget that. <laughs> but, but back to my point, you are a very technical, mechanically minded person, which obviously ended up building a company out of it. I, mm-hmm. to this day, like still geek out. Like I'll, I will go out and wrench on things. Like I have a, a bike shop in my garage so I can work on my road bikes and my mountain bikes. And I just, just overhauled the workshop again. And I just built a CrossFit gym out there. I have a very big rush. Uh, but it's, it's like, if you are mechanically minded, why do you have to go to college? Everybody's, this is marketing 101. They've been pushing for this. I could say this yeah. cause I'm a marketing guy. They were marketing it and selling this. Mm-hmm. They don't care how you're going to pay for it. They don't care how much debt you're going to be strapped with when you come out. But then I think vocational, educational, and technical training schools have lost some of their market presence since I went to school. Uh, would you agree or disagree on that? I totally agree with you. I think they've tremendously lost some of their uh, their might and their power. Yeah. And it, it's a shame because you know now in, in my business, Top Class Installations, the main reason for me going and and creating this online training course that I'm, I'm kicking off right now or in a couple of weeks is – because we struggle so hard to find quality technicians. So they're not out in the marketplace. And if they are, they usually either own their own business or they're working for somebody else. Yeah. Um, so I decided, you know, let's put this course together and let's train people who share the same core values as we do. So, you know, our motto over here at Core Values, and my book goes into this deep too, is hire for the values and train the skill. Ah, I like that. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, obviously, uh, for people that are listening to this, um, we always have a video feed on YouTube. So I'm actually screen sharing his site right now. By the way, nice job on the animation. Love it. Uh, showing some of the behind the scenes right when people come to the site. I think that's genius for what it is you do. You guys are a hands-on style company. Was not expecting all the school buses. Like, honestly, didn't even think about it. And then, thank, thankfully, earlier in the show, you hinted, like, it's not just car audio. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I think that'd be super cool. Like, have, like, a really 
wired out school bus rolling me to school when I was a kid, yeah. just bumping. But uh, <laughs> but obviously, to your point, GPS tracker technology. Mm-hmm. Everything's got GPS now. I mean, Everything. most most fleet management companies, most companies who have a fleet of vehicles, they probably want to improve or optimize their efficiencies. You know, hack their business, improve their business and their profits. They might want to know where the hell their people are. <laughs> That's just the tip of the iceberg, my friend. Oh, is it? You want to go deeper? Yeah, you can go. You can go. Is, is this real in your book, by the way? No, this is not in my book. Oh, so we're, we're gonna uh, we'll, let's let's dig deeper. We'll get to the book. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you know, with, with tracking, I mean, whatever you want to know, whatever data analytics you can possibly think of pulling from the vehicle, you can, and it also varies depending on which tracking so the actual hardware that goes in the vehicle. Yeah. More advanced systems nowadays tie into the onboard diagnostics port of the vehicle. Oh, so you have real time so, monitoring. Yeah. Forget real time monitoring. It's reading all the codes and it's communicating with the vehicle on a two way network. Oh. So it can read check engine lights. If there's a problem uh, with, you know, this system within the vehicle, it can notify a mechanic. Has it gotten to a point where it could predict? No, it no? hasn't. Not that, that I'm coming? aware of. You know, that's coming. You know, that's coming. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely coming. But they, I, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, most people, I tell people like a great hack. They're like, oh my God, I have a check engine light, but I don't know what it is. The car drives fine. I'm like, well, then just stop by a local automotive uh, shop, like a parts store. They mm-hmm. Most of these companies like AutoZone or Advanced Auto or whatever all these chains are now, they'll actually come out and give you a free test oh, on yeah. your vehicle. But obviously in your world, you guys are putting out such a level of technology where it's like, well, obviously if I own a business and I have 10 mm-hmm. vehicles or five vehicles or 50 vehicles, I don't have to have my guy worry about it. We already know what's going on. Yeah, you're pulling that data remotely. That's sweet. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. So it does a lot of cool things. It can monitor basically anything that's over the data bus network as far as um, communication in the vehicle. So, you know, lock and lock the doors. Um, is the driver wearing a seatbelt? Ooh. Never thought so about that's, that. That's a huge one for safety purposes. That's true because you know? Yeah, I just assumed there's a pressure switch in there and that triggers the onboard dashboard light. I didn't think that's actually wired in. Yeah, I guess if it's on the computer. Nowadays. It's, all, it's all over the data bus network. Wow. So basically any vehicle, any passenger vehicle, 2008 or newer, it has all that communication built in on a, on a high-speed CAN bus network. That's pretty cool. Now, and obviously, I hook in a basic system. I'm going to geek a little bit because I think people sure. people might think this is pretty cool. So people don't realize this stuff. Like most limousine services companies probably have this stuff all hooked up, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so a limousine which I don't want to bring the show down, but there was a massive limousine fire about a year ago and it killed people. It was very tragic. It was here in the Northeast. I think, I forget where it was. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, there was something the up in New York state. It might've been, it was a yeah. bad accident. Yeah. Was Weren't these people? The was, Long Island. I think, God, I, th- well, there might've been more than one story, but one of them involved yeah. like two, people were on the way to the wedding. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was the wedding party. It was pretty messed up. Anyway, uh, I don't need to get into the depths of that story, but my point, the, the angle here is that, like, okay, that's all being monitored. Is it? Is it not? Because in that situation, if the fire happened or all the sensors and the vehicles pulled over, could there have been some real-time alerts, you know, automatically sent? I don't know. I mean, does that tech exist? Um, yeah, it depends on the sensors that are currently in a vehicle. Okay. You know, uh, the, the actual, the reality of it, though, is most limousine companies, especially if they're running smaller passenger vehicles, even if it's like a Lincoln Town Car or an Escalade. Yeah, like, the, like those smaller fleets, yeah. Right, when it's not a, um, like a party bus would be on a heavy-duty diagnostics, more of a commercial truck. Okay. Uh, what about like a stretch limo? Because what I'm thinking of was a stretch limo. Yeah, you're on a, you're on a uh, passenger car. 
data bus network, okay. which is OBD2, they call it Onboard Diagnostics 2. And that'd be the same thing as like a stretch escalate or something yeah, like that? Okay. same deal, same deal. So the, the issue there is, I'm getting alerts, sorry. Yeah, I get them too. The issue there is um, most of these companies aren't using something that's tied into the data bus network, only on the more advanced systems. Ah. So the most basic GPS system is going to literally just be a three-wire connection to the vehicle. So that you're going to hardwire a battery connection, a chassis ground, and an ignition connection. So basically, the unit's going to know when the key is on and off. Okay. Turn, turn a key on, gets voltage. Um, that device can determine a ton of information, collect a, can collect a ton of data from the vehicle. However, it's not pulling any of the reports off the vehicle's ECM. And it's not... At that level also, it's probably not streaming it or uploading it or anything like that. Like, don't you guys have to add other layers of tech to, let's say, make this stuff almost real-time monitorable from the fleet management management guy? Or Nope. No? Nope. Depends on the monthly fee that the customer's willing to pay. Oh, wow. And just to be transparent, we don't actually sell any of the solutions. We just put it in. Yeah. It's just stuff that I've picked up in the years of being in the business. Super cool. So basically, you know, if a customer wants, they can get pings every five minutes. If a customer wants, they can get pings every 30 seconds. And some of the newer units that are coming out on the newer networks, the 4G LTEs, the 5Gs, yeah. it's almost real time. It's like one second delay. So what's so are they putting a transponder in the vehicle or are they using the, the an onboard phone? No. Mostly it's, it's a new piece installed in the vehicle. Uh, it also is determined on how much money they want to pay per month per vehicle. Right, yeah. So yeah, the, the, I, I'm automatically tapping into my, again, my client, the HVAC industry. Like I, I visited some of these big, like successful contractor companies. Again, people, they didn't go to college for this and they got 50 to a hundred vehicles mm -hmm. on the road, you know, going to people's homes, going to people's companies, working on their HVAC system. And from a fleet management standpoint, whoever is the manager of that company managing the, that fleet, they would love that stuff because they yep. want to know where, not just where the guys are, you know, or, or the girls, uh, but also again, uh, are the vehicles malfunctioning? Is there a fleet performance issue? Is one mm -hmm. vehicle getting worse fuel mileage than the other? Like, what are they doing? You know, uh, driver behavior. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah. So inside the, the the black box, the GPS unit itself. Yeah. On most of the newer units is an, an accelerometer. So the accelerometer picks up G-force. So we install this device. We firmly mount it to the vehicle during yeah. the installation process. And now, since the accelerometer is in there. Is all fancy, crazy algorithms that are way above my pay grade. Yeah. Basically detect aggressive driving, harsh braking, aggressive cornering. Oh, so that's cool. So if someone calls and says, you know, if, a lot of these companies, they put the phone number in the back of their car saying, dial this number if I'm an erratic driver, I'm a dangerous driver, whatever. And somebody does that. Well, now if there's a he said, she said situation. Pull a report. Pull the data. Like, mm -hmm. okay, if you claim that you were driving our company vehicle, fine. And yep. this poor, innocent person reported you and they were lying. Let's back it up with the data. Mm -hmm. But then you pull the report and find out that your, your, your field tech drives like a crazy banshee <laughs> yeah. and, and might've even been jumping railroad tracks with your van or something crazy. You know, it's like, okay, all that data. yeah, clearly, uh, you are lying. And mm -hmm. that poor person who reported you was right. So yep grounds for possible termination or corrective action, whatever. But, uh, now obviously if I'm a company owner, I would just make sure everybody knew that up front because it's like, sure. that, never get, never let it get that point. Right. Never get to the point. Cause like you spend all this money training people and getting them to be like valued employees. You don't want to lose them. Right. That's talent. So I wouldn't even hide that tech. I'm like, Hey guys, we're going to have this tech, not just cause I'm not trying to, I'm, I just want to keep everybody in check. 
Let's keep the vehicles lasting long, running great, keep you guys professional. Everybody's on the same playing field and everybody's going to have a successful uh, career because if you fold my company because you hit somebody or you drive like an idiot and we have lawsuits, like you're not going to have a job. So yep. that's just me from an owner standpoint. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. And me, me from an owner standpoint. And the only reason I learned this is because we went against the grain for so many years, you know, you can, you can curb those issues. If you put the structure in, in the, in the, in the, the, the front of your business, if you have your core values, if you have your mission, if you understand your purpose and why you're in business, go, especially for core values, if your core values are, or hashed out, you know what they are, you're very clear on them, you're only gonna hire and fire to your core values. Well said. So when you're designing your hiring process, the people who are coming into your funnel need to align with your core values. So your hiring process needs to basically weed out the bullshit for yep. you. And now when it comes time to do your interviews on the, on the tail end of the hiring process, you're gonna have these people who are much more aligned with you, your business, the way you do things, and they're just going to be better employees overall. But you got to put the work in. Now, part of that putting the work in, the reason why I kind of segued this is I was expecting you to dig into some of this. Now, please tell me that's in your book. Mm -hmm. All right, because we're going to do some screen sharing. By the way, did you hear Calvin? Calvin was saying yeah. hi. We have, a, <laughs> we have a tripod coonhound. We had to save him from cancer and cut his leg off. Oh, and, man. Uh, so when I, first, I know, but he now he still sprints like a banshee. Uh, that's my word of the day today. For some reason, banshee. But um, he's a wildcat. And uh, yeah, he has no problem uh, saying hi anymore. It's funny because I used to freak out three years ago because mm -hmm. I was so obsessed about audio quality. And I have a whole you know sound area set up in here. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yep. He's part of my life. He's part of my lifestyle. I love my cat with hounds. So it's like, dude, let's keep it real, man. Let's keep it real. Yep. So and it hasn't hurt the downloads at all. <laughs> We're doing fine. <laughs> so anyway, I'm screen sharing your other site. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, kudos as a marketing professional, I tell people always own your personal brand. What I'm hinting at here is your name is your brand. If you're going to buy a domain name for a business, buy your name at the same time. I ha I've had to teach that to three of my clients. Like they, didn't, they didn't own their name. I'm like, dude, what if, as I'm kind of segueing here, what if you gain all this amazing knowledge and one day you're like, you know what? What if I get into public speaking? Or what if mm -hmm. I get into online training? Or what if I write a book? Well, that really ha doesn't, really have anything to do with top class installations it kind of does yep. but let's separate that out you can have multiple brands let's 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 build the brand of tomas so mm -hmm. so obviously i'm hinting at ladies and gentlemen if you don't watch the video feed uh you go to his site tomas t-o-o-m-a-s keenan k-e-e-n-a-n.com we'll have this all on the show so you always do he's already got the book it came out two weeks ago from where we're recording now right yeah that's correct. okay and your tagline on the site is let me help you unfuck your business. But the book obviously is unfuck your business. I love the simplicity of it. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, for publishing standpoints, he does have like a hashtag or a little symbol there instead of the you. Uh, but obviously, I don't care about ex explicits on this show. <laughs> so why name your book this way? Did we lose you? Hmm. Oh, Tomas was there. Pause. <laughs> All right, Tomas. And as I was asking you before, our wonderful technical difficulties, God bless Zoom and Internet and all the fun technical challenges of the world. And you and I are geeking out so much about tech today. I don't think you really care, Tomas. But as I was <laughs> trying to ask you was why 
come up with a tagline of let me help you unfuck your business besides the fact that the statement is so powerful and true and obviously the book title being just simply unfuck your business. So, well, the long and short of it is, you know, uh, top class installations is my second business that oh. I've ever started. Um, I had one prior to this and it crashed and burned really hard. Wait, so, hold, on. hold on. How hard? I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean, crash and burns a common statement nowadays. Are we talk about like massive fiery death. Are we talking about like car bomb type stuff? Or what are we, go- what are we looking at here? So I lasted five years. So I'll give okay. you, I'll, I'll be, let me just backtrack. I'll give you some more of the story. Yeah. So uh, 21 years of age. Um, I had worked a couple of years now for a high-end audio shop on Long Island. Did some real fancy stuff. And I was the cocky 21-year-old who knew more than my boss. And he wasn't allowing me to do the kind of work that I knew I could do. Okay. So I basically said, all right, have a nice day. Me being not so bright, I quit with $300 cash in my pocket. Ooh. And I went and started my own business. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 21 years old, 300 bucks to my name, and I just made it happen. Wound up lasting five years, believe it or not. Um, and what what burned so bad was the shit that no one tells you. You know, oh, yeah, go ahead, start your own business. You know, okay, great. What you don't realize, and I go, I go really deep into this in the book, is the second you sign that paperwork, you become incorporated, you, you crank up that LLC, whatever entity structure you're using, I hope you're using one, by the way. Yes. Um, that was meant for your audience. Not you. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. I'm like, yeah. yes, LLCs. I, I just launched my own 501c3, like LLCs, awesome. like protect yourself. So yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, no one tells you that you have all these other responsibilities that you immediately take on. You know, sales tax, if you're selling uh, did you know, you do, a product to a customer. Did you ever, because I, I could totally agree with this. Did you ever do, did you remember to do prepaid taxes quarterly? I did yeah, okay. not. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> right. It's like, nope. holy crap. At the end of the year, you're like, oh my God, uh, you're supposed no, to do that. <laughs> I had a good year. I thought, uh, you know, yeah, that was, that was part of the problem. The biggest one that hit me and, and, and smacked me the hardest was sales tax. Ooh. So the first quarter comes around. I wasn't collecting sales tax. I had a, a decent accountant at the time. He comes to me and says, Hey Tom, uh, I need 7,500 bucks by tomorrow for sales tax. Like, you need what? Yeah. Like really? Like oh yeah, you're so, you're selling things. Yeah, so, selling things. You need to collect it, yeah. and uh, I, I wasn't doing it. You know, um, I knew nothing about marketing. I knew limited amounts about sales, uh, and that was just on that that one or year and a half long period that I was doing sales when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew nothing about bookkeeping. I knew nothing about ordering products and supplies and and negotiating. Um, you know, your purchases and purchase orders and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was just. There's many hats to be be worn. So yeah, uh, great. Another great entrepreneurial book, the E-Myth or the, or Mm -hmm. actually the one I read is E-Myth Revisited. Most entrepreneurs pretty much know it, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But we didn't know that then. Nope. So it came later and then you're like, you know, how how many hats do I got to wear? And then you read the book and you're like, oh yeah, I got to find some people to wear that hat (laughs) or just Mm -hmm. outsource, just outsource. So in my case. Exactly. So in, in the book, I kind of go deep, not, not really too deep, but I, I talk about, you know, some exercises that you can do in order to figure out what are those first hires that you need so you can start taking some of those tasks off your plate and delegating them to the correct people. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, they, they're all essential parts of owning a business, but, you know, 
for instance, I mean, I, I personally enjoy marketing. Some people hate it. So, you know, why am I going to go and do something myself that I absolutely despise doing when there's somebody out there who enjoys doing it and is going to do a better job of it? I agree. I told my, so, I now run all the marketing for one of my clients and I was just like, why do you keep trying to do this? This was before they finally handed everything over to my agency. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, you one, you're running the company. So should you be doing that? They're like, yeah, I know, but it's a marketing, it's a sales and marketing company. I'm like, yeah, but like your own marketing, you don't have time to do it. So just, I'll do it. I'm already mm -hmm. doing it, except you keep coming in and putting in speed bumps and hurdles and everything else. Like, and you've already admitted that you're too busy and you really don't actually enjoy it anyway. So it's like, mm -hmm. just let it go. And yep. there's, there's that freedom that comes from that. So totally is. Yeah. Totally is. It's a game changer, you know? It's um So you, you got to learn all this on the first crash and burn. Uh parts of it. Ah, there we go. <laughs> so see, that's the other quick lesson, ladies and gentlemen, as he's just hinted at there. Another big bomb for you from from Tomas is that it doesn't happen overnight, does it? No, not no. at all. Gotta put in the reps, you know. You gotta put in the reps. Yeah. The 10,000 hour rule is 100% accurate, in my opinion. I'm going over that. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm just going to go with like 20,000, whatever it is. But yeah, it, it, that's a common one. Google it, people. Uh, 10,000 yeah. hour rule. Or I'll just have the, our VA put that in the show notes. Uh, but it's, it's a common thing that people throw around. So, so, so where's your business at now? So right now we're, we're just hitting 10 years this upcoming September. Uh, we're just about a 20 person team in total that includes installation technicians and my office staff, uh, as well as myself and my business partner. Um, and we're growing. We just hired two people last week and uh, we just presented a, another offer uh, about to, today's so Friday, a couple, couple days ago, uh, about three days ago or so to another uh, office admin, which is great. Nice. So. You know, I'm, I'm all for bringing in more people and teaching them, uh, bumping up other people who have been in place uh, who, who, you know, deserve it and uh, expanding the team. If the team is expanding, then the business is expanding. And we keep my partner and I keep taking more and more tasks off of our plate and we are beginning to focus on our superpowers only. Oh, I like this tag to superpowers. Is there a chapter in the book? Oh, I have to do some screen sharing again. Is there a chapter on superpowers? I like this. No, there isn't, to be honest with you. I, I talk about it a little bit in there. Yeah. You know, I talk about doing um, time studies and I have a, a bucket method. So basically study your time for two weeks and then figure out what you're doing and dump them into the correct bucket. And each bucket has a dollar amount or dollar value attached to it. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I've got some some badass infographics on it too. If you go on thomaskeenan.com, there's a book goodies tab. Uh, if you click on it, um, put your information in there. And, oh, grab your book goodies. There you go. Yeah, yep, so I'm not going to lie. It's about three days away from launching. So if you put your information in there, about three days from now, you're, you're going to finally get your your goodies delivered. Well, that'll be for me, but everybody listening to this podcast, once it airs, it's already going to be available. So there you go. Perfect. So ladies and gentlemen, what he just told you, just do it because you don't have to worry about the delay. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I get done recording shows, usually you're going up within about two weeks. So I try and keep them fresh and new. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, so, that so, works so you got goodies coming out and yep. well, the book's already out. So yep. you're just adding some goodies into the process. I like that. Yeah, you know, um, I have an audio book version of it coming out within a couple of weeks. Okay. And some of the, the graphs and the charts in there, I couldn't 
convey that information over audio. So, no, but thank thank you for doing audio. Okay, uh, as a up and coming author soon too, uh, I can't wait to do the audio because I love audiobooks. and mm-hmm. I tell people like I prefer the author doing the audio whenever possible. But just yep. but whether you do or you don't, please put out a freaking audiobook. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Unless it's a cookbook, but then again, <laughs> it, you know if if. Maybe you want to hear how to make the recipe, then make an audio book. I don't know. But I mean, normally cookbooks aren't going to be in audio form. So, yeah. but that's awesome. Are you putting it out on Audible? Yeah. So it's going to get re- released. Uh, I'm using one of the Amazon services. I think it's ACX or ACH. Yeah. Uh, and they then disperse it through Audible, iTunes, okay. and one other service as well. So, so obviously the tagline on the book here, you got, you know, stop business self-sabotage by mm-hmm. getting clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously I'm zooming in here. So on, on your, on your core values. So you hinted yep. at there, your core values, you said it before. So mm-hmm. would you say that a good chunk of your book is focused on helping people kind of lay the groundwork on the developing the, the core values? Cause I agree with you. Yep. If you're building a team, they don't have to have a hundred percent identical traits to you, but they have to at least have something to align to. Mm-hmm. And that's your responsibility as a leader is to help figure that out. And I think a lot of people are just too freaked out to even go through the process. Yeah, totally agree. You, you, you need that alignment. Otherwise, you're going to be shoveling shit against the tide yep. for eternity. Oh, I like that. That's very New Yorker. <laughs> shoveling shit against the tide. You definitely live on Long Island, man. You guys got a lot of waves out there. So yeah. uh, I hate driving out there. It's beautiful out there, but the process the to get drive. on the island and then get off the island it's the worst. You know, if we could just get that technology from Star Trek and just beam me out there, that'd be great. All right. Cause <laughs> seriously. Uh, and I always, I always go down 287, wrap around up through Staten Island because I just can't stand mm-hmm. going through the city. So, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I live in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So I'm only hour, hour and a half from New York City. So it's a straight yeah. shot west on I 78. So I'm mm-hmm. there in no time. Uh, but Long Island, man, always an adventure. <laughs> It is. So, so, uh, what inspired you to, cause I mean, we're coming towards the end of our time. So I don't know, cause I have another show coming up, but I want to make sure this gets mm-hmm. to the show, uh, besides technical difficulties is, but what inspired you to finally write it? Was it just like, holy crap, you eventually reached a point where you just know enough and you need to share it or is it so, deeper? going back to your audiobook thing, that's the only way I was able to consume books. Uh, so five years into my, my business, I realized, oh my God, I got to do something else here. Uh, I was the technician and only the technician in top class with my partner, but mm-hmm. there's got to be a better way. So I started educating myself. And the only way I was able to educate myself was with audiobooks because I was driving 40 to 50,000 miles a year going to our customers' locations and working on their vehicles. Mm-hmm. So um, I wound up consuming all these books and learning a lot and you know, just basically like taking my head and opening it and getting all this information dumped in there. Okay. And uh, I wound up going to a marketing conference in Dallas, Texas, about uh, a year and a half ago. And I had always had this kind of pipe dream in the back of my head, like, oh, it'd be cool to write a book one day. And it was kind of like, you know, in one ear, out the other. Mm-hmm. I go to this conference and this guy at the end of his speech goes, write the damn book. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that exact statement. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I don't, it's same, same with me. I mean, I'd heard it a thousand times. I've been to conferences the past couple of years. You hear it from all these people for some reason. This guy's statement stuck with me. Okay. He's got a kick-ass book too. I'm going to throw him a, a little bone here. His name is Matt Monero. And he's got yeah, a really awesome name. book called You Need More Money. Look at that up. He's the owner of Commercial Fleet Financing out of Dallas. And 
he uh, he financed trucks. Yeah. Real, real, real kick-ass guy. He's awesome. Real I don't book. know why I know that name, but like, yeah, you need more money, Matt Monero. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Here, we'll, we'll give him a little yep. screen share for the video feed. Here he is on Amazon. Boom. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah what well, he, he's trending well because Amazon's algorithms likes to group group books together, and he's mm -hmm. in with Grant Cardone. Yeah, he uh, he's done some stuff with um, that makes sense. Grant. And Ed Milet, so, man, dude, yeah. strong grouping. But mm -hmm. well, to be fair, Grant Cardone has his has his career history built from like auto sales. So I think anything around the automotive connected fleet industry will probably cross over nicely. So sure. Um, well, actually, here. So. And there's your book, obviously, on Amazon. Oh, hold on. We'll do this live while we're on there. I usually do this afterwards. So let's add you. Do you know Amazon has an influencer page? Have you done oh, really? that yet? Oh, yeah. So now I'm going to add you to my book list. Mm -hmm. Boom. So here's your, here's your little hack. Uh, when people go to my site, I have all the Amazon banners uh, listed, uh, basically linked to mm -hmm. my influencer page. So I tell people, like, listen, if you want to, you know, look at books or, or, you know, want to buy something I talked about on the show, I'll just build them into a list and you just click on the Amazon banners. Now, obviously I'll get a, a few pennies on the purchase cause you, you click through my banner. Uh, but then here you can right. build, you can build out lists. So I have my gear, I have my books lists and I have like health stuff that I bought on Amazon. So I can mm -hmm. just list it all here. So I, I, I spent a long time building a, a library out on my website but then I keep interviewing new authors like you, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done with it. <laughs> it's like at most 80% of the population is buying on Amazon. Let's just build out an Amazon influencer page. So, yes, you can actually create your own Amazon influencer page. Amazon approves you, and then you can create kind of your mm -hmm. own storefront within Amazon. So Cool. Good to know. Yeah. So, anyway. So, two-week-old author. You dumped your brain all over it. <laughs> Or in this case, I, what did I, I, I voice transcribed my book. So I said I word vomited all over the place uh, to create the book. So we got a delay here. Yep. See, I love technology, man. Yeah, you delayed a little bit there. Hold on. See, now, now you're moving again. All right, I think we're back. What the heck? I never have problems this time of day. And there's no rain. <laughs> it's me. It's because we're both tech geeks and wants to do it to us. So, uh, but anyway, I was, I was just saying that... Uh, you, you, you chose, I chose to word vomit all over the place because I, I voice transcribed my book and I'm still finishing the editing process. How long did it take you to edit? Nope, struggling. Bad connection still, man. Man, come on. Hold on a second. So you can't hear me at all? Or is it actually breaking out? Is now this this is podcasting beauty. Your video is stopped completely. Oh, yeah, it's because I did that. So, because I don't care about me, it's all about you. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, YouTube is secondary; audio comes first. But uh, the, the the last question I was trying to get out here as we come towards the end of the show is, like, how long did it take you to quickly, uh, as far as editing the book? Did you write it faster than you edited it, or did you edit it faster than you wrote it? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wrote it super fast, and editing was 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 uh, was tough. Okay. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. I'm still finishing my editing and it's God awful. I just don't even want to do it. Everybody's like, yeah. we should just hire an editor. I'm it, like, but you still have to do your initial edit before you give it to an editor. Yeah. So, so I hired an editor, um, awesome service. And I, I wrote the book. I gave it to her. She and her team organized it, put a couple things into place and they gave it back to me in a very, raw state very rough and raw state still oh and basically she said all right this is where we're at 
now I need you to go in there and edit it yourself. Uh, pull out some things that, you know, aren't this, aren't that. So I did so. Um, so this is now, they had, they had gone through it and scrubbed it twice before giving it back to me. Wow. I went through it. It took me just about three months to do the editing on my end. And then I kicked it back out to them and it took another, I think three or four weeks before the, the almost final version was ready to go. Oh, okay. I don't feel so bad then. I mean, I finished writing it like two, two months ago and I've been Mm -hmm. dragging out the, uh, the, the editing. So. I keep getting distracted. <laughs> yeah, I so going back to what we were talking about earlier, I don't know if it was on camera or not. Um, we're talking about multiple monitors and, and, and computers. Yeah. So I I that was, that was before we started the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what I had to do to keep myself focused, I had to leave my office. Ah. There too many distractions with all the monitors. So I had to literally leave my office and I would go into another room, another area. I'd sometimes go into a Starbucks and I would bring my laptop and I would just focus on the book and nothing else. I would turn everything off except for that. I've done it. Yeah, I, I started doing that too. So uh, I'm, my internet says it looks, looks looks fine now. So I'm just going to turn my video back on. But yeah, I, I did the same thing. Some, it's And actually, that's a great tip that you're sharing with the audience for anything. Remove distractions. So if it's important to you, mm-hmm. unplug, go whatever. Just cut everything else out <laughs> and just get it done. <laughs> so yeah. I, I set a goal just to do at least one to two chapters. Uh, it, it, you know, go to the coffee shop, sit there for an hour, bang them out. And, and I'm, sh- I'm hoping to get this thing done here by July because I want to get it. I'm doing self-publishing on Amazon. Did you go that route or did you go? Yeah, that's what I did as well. Okay. So there you go. I'm going to do the same yeah. thing. So. Uh, well, well, listen, we got a few minutes left and I got I literally have a, cause we were supposed to be in a buffer zone, but obviously thanks to the wonderful world of technology, we, we went a little long. Um, I ask my guest co-hosts to help close the show out. Like mm-hmm. this isn't a time to sell. You have plenty of time to do that. Your websites are beautiful. They're amazing. I'll have everything linked in the show notes. This is your chance to kind of like leave behind an all encompassing thought. And your, your book is titled awesome. I love the fact that it's unfuck your business. It's great. Uh, cause most of us have done it. <laughs> as far as fucking our businesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> is there an, on, I don't know, man, is there an all encompassing message that, you know, you think that kind of is pretty cool. You'd like to leave behind in the audience today, because again, money comes and goes, you know, you got family, you got, uh, we talk about, you know, balancing health, business, lifestyle. I don't know, man. Yep. Is there a message you want to leave behind for final messes? Yeah. The, the, there's, the, there's many schools of thoughts and several gurus have gone out there and said this before, but there's, there's a couple of key areas of life that you need to focus on every day in order to be successful. And I don't believe in, in necessarily a balanced lifestyle or work-life balance because, you know, when you're focusing on, on that book, other areas of your life are going to suffer because you're just so focused on that. True. All right. But at the same point in time, you can't neglect those other areas for too long. And that's one of the things that I did with my very first business. I neglected my health and I worked 90, 100 hour weeks on my feet all day long. I wound up getting tremendously overweight. I'm six foot four. Uh, I'm currently 275. And at the close of that business, I was, I think, just under 300 pounds. Okay. Wow. So, and no gym activity, nothing. Yeah. You know, now I'm, am I thrilled at 275? No, but I'm in the gym six days a week doing my thing. You know, um, but what I'm saying is you, you have to focus on yourself. And I think you have to prioritize yourself before the business mm-hmm. as as backwards as it may sound to some people. 
It's, you, it's you, asked backwards to, because uh, most people don't get it until they've actually gone through the breaking point that you've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. Like without you, what business is there? Mm-hmm. You know, and on the flip side of it, you also need to build your business. So you're not the only one that the business relies upon. True. But in the beginning, it is you. That's fine. You know, you got to build in, the system. In the beginning, you the it culture. has to be. Yeah. Yeah. You got to build it all out. It has to be. Now, mm-hmm. I love the fact you close it out that way because, I mean, we could always do another whole show just on weight management, weight loss, and we. But I've done them time and time again, and I think I think it was great that you close out the show that way because, again, even though you have built a great system and your business could probably succeed without you, you are still a driving force behind it, and you're setting an example for everybody else. And again, yep. you're a father of three. A, tw- a set of twins so it's like okay uh yeah i have to put my health first now okay because this is mm-hmm. the, this is what you only got one life <laughs> how are we gonna live the That's rest it. of it right yeah yeah well this, this this has been great tomas uh listen hang tight i want to give you a proper goodbye off the air ladies and gentlemen internet issues aside or zoom or whatever the heck was going on during this show we finished it we got it done because uh, i don't give up and neither is tomas so again, ladies and gentlemen, he closed out with strong words there, right? We want to make sure we're balancing our, our health and our lifestyle. But as he hinted, it's not always a balance. It's okay to hit the extremes. Just be aware of it. Just know when what, what parts are going to fall down because you got to bring them back up when it's time. All right? So keep living a balanced but yet active lifestyle because you're going to get hit hard. And I'm trust me, I'm hitting hard on the book right now. Tomas is hitting hard on his book, Launch. And obviously his new goodies. So when this show comes out, make sure you go visit his site. Again, it'll be linked in the show notes. You can go uh, check out those uh, that little goodie pack that I got to wait a couple days to score. But I'm going to put my name on a list at the end of the show here so I can uh, check out his uh, all of his graphics and his fun stuff. So again, ladies and gentlemen, it's already on Amazon. Unfuck your business. Get it. Uh, and obviously, the uh, basically, uh, real quick, Tomas, when's that going to be on Audible? Do you have a release date yet? Uh, I got about roughly four weeks. Okay. So by fall. At the latest, but obviously... Yeah, at the latest. Yeah, August, maybe, at the worst-case scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. Game on. Well, uh, well, we'll we'll have you send that link back to us. We can update the website stuff uh, later once that link's available, too. So, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's another Lily Fuel show. We're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. Tomas helped us do that today. Make sure you check out the book. Make sure you check out his site. And if you're in Long Island, uh, you might want to level up your GPS, your home stereo, and... I don't know, man, whatever else you guys do, go to his site and you'll be able to actually learn. So again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Fuel Show. Remember, you took a little fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. 